couple episodes you know i kind of been talking about um everything else you know i've been talking about a lot of other stuff <clears throat> but i recently recorded with some with some guys and it made me realize that i needed to start um you know sharing some stories about myself um and so tonight i wanted to you know share a, a situation that I had um, <clears throat> that kind of made me think about life a little bit differently, just just a little bit. So I know um, I was doing Uber for a minute. Like I was doing Uber before anybody even knew about Uber. Like I was doing Uber for like two years before Uber was like even popular. <clears throat> so I remember I had went to work one time Went to work. I got off a little early. And I um, came home and went to sleep. Took a nap or whatever. And um, I woke up. <clears throat> and it was like 11, 30, 12 o'clock. 
And when I woke up, I, I, I got something to eat. I ate <clears throat> and it was like, damn, what should I do? I ain't, I ain't going to be sleepy for like the next <laughs> five hours. So what should I do? I was like, nah, I'm going to just go do Uber, man. I'm going to go do some rides, man. So I decided to do some rides. <clears throat> so I remember going up on Marlboro Pike, um, getting some gas, and um, filled the tank up. Remember hitting Pennsylvania Avenue to Suitland Parkway. And um, I got on Suitland Parkway, and it was a, um, like a Hyundai. And when I took the exit, um, I remember being behind a Hyundai for like maybe like a minute or two. And uh, whoever was driving, it was like they kept hitting the brakes, kept hitting the brakes, kept hitting the brakes. And I was just trying to figure out, like, why the fuck this motherfucker keep hitting this motherfucking brakes? <clears throat> so eventually, I um, I went around him. <clears throat> and at this time, I had a um, a 2012 Impala, and uh, my Impala it wasn't it wasn't regular. Um, my Impala had dual exhaust, it had uh, a double fan radiator on the motherfucker, so it was like police package for real so my my impala was jive jive fast so i remember pulling off and passing them <clears throat> and i remember um being in the left lane and i remember they the car pulled up beside me and i'm thinking that maybe you know he already you know got his shit together or he off the phone or he you know doing whatever the fuck he finished doing whatever the fuck he was doing. And I remember the car swerved into my lane. And I look, I was like, what the fuck? And at the time, I got 20% 10 on my on my car. Like, you you can damn it. You, I mean, especially at night, you couldn't even see my shit. And so the car swerved into my lane. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I swerve. And I try to speed up. So the car sped up. So I remember cracking the window so I can kind of see because I was like, it's dark as fuck. So I was like, crack the window and shit so I could see. And I could just remember this young nigga with long hair was like, eh. he was like in the window. He was like, you know, gyrating, pointing and shit, and, you know, whatever. And um, I remember like, damn, what the fuck is really going on, Joe? And so I remember um, niggas running to my lane again. So I like swear, I like, what the fuck? So I start slowing down. And mind you, at this time, it's like, it's like at the one o'clock on Suitland Parkway. It's like at the one o'clock. And so I remember slowing down, looking in the rearview mirror. I'm slowing down, looking in the rearview mirror, slowing down, making sure ain't no cars behind me that's coming. And so I'm looking in the rearview mirror. And I remember to the point where I just like slowed all the way down because he kept slowing down as I was slowing down. So I just like slowed down and then to the point where I just stopped. And I'm still in the left lane and I stopped. He was in the right lane. So I remember the car <clears throat> stopping maybe like, maybe like 15, 20 feet in front of me. And it like, it's in the right lane, but it stopped where it turned itself into the left lane so it's cat corner in the left and right lane and so i stopped <clears throat> and i never forget this young nigga with long hair got out of the car 
And the first thing I remember was, you know, when I stopped, I was like, okay, look in the rearview mirror, ain't nobody coming. Put the car in reverse. That was my first initial reaction. Put the motherfucking car in reverse. And I did that. So I put the car in reverse and <clears throat> put my foot on the brake, you know, just to just to try to, you know, just to try to figure out, you know, what the fuck he was going to do. <clears throat> and I remember when he got out the car, it was a little young, skinny, brown-skinned nigga with long hair. And I remember looking at this motherfucking gun he had in his hand. And all I can remember was the motherfucking clip hanging out the bottom of the motherfucking gun. <clears throat> I was like, what the fuck, man? <clears throat> I mean, his extendo was like at least, shit, 30 plus. And so I remember he got out and uh, he started walking towards me a little bit. And as I took my foot off the brake and put my foot on the gas as I was going in reverse, now I'm going in reverse in Sulin Parkway. And I remember the first couple shots, boom, 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 boom. And I remember by the time he got to like the maybe fourth or fifth shot, I was spinning the tire, I was spinning the, the wheel so I could turn around and go the opposite way. And as I spent the wheel to go the opposite way, I remember going up on the curve and hitting the, the wooden guardrail that's on Sulin Parkway. And now I'm going back in the opposite direction on Sulin Parkway. And I remember he was behind me just still shooting. Boom, 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 boom. And so <clears throat> I tried to go as far up Sulin Parkway as I could to get away from him. And I could just hit the motherfucking bullets hitting the car. Bing, 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 bing. I'm like, what the fuck? And I remember one time looking in the back seat and it was my daughter's car seat and I remember just thinking like I'm so motherfucking happy she wasn't in the car and I mean of course at that time of night she wouldn't be in the car with me I mean even though <clears throat> there's been times when you know I'm coming from a family member's house or we having to get together or whatever the case may be she might be in the car with me but for this night she wasn't in the car with me and I'm, I was so happy about that and so I remember the nigga being behind me as I'm on the op as I'm going the opposite direction on Sulin Parkway, and he like following me, shooting his motherfucking gun at me, <clears throat> and so I remember 14 shots. That's what I remember. I remember 14 shots. And so I remember when he was done, and I didn't hear any more bullets. I turned my car back around, so I can be in the facing the correct way on Sulin Parkway, but I pulled over on the shoulder, and my shit smoking. At this time, I don't know what type of damage I got to my car. I just remember, like, getting away from his ass. <clears throat> so I remember calling 911 and telling 911 what was going on, the dispatch, telling her what was going on. And um, I remember her asking me where I was, what was happening, what was going on. I was trying to explain to her everything as I could, as, you know, as upset as I was. And so I remember PG got to the scene first. And I remember PG coming to my car, you know, guns drawn, flashlights out and all this shit. And I remember, um, you know, the um, operator telling me not to hang up the phone. She was like, stay on the phone, stay on the phone, stay on the phone. I was like, all right, bet I'm going to stay on the phone. 
And so I'm on the phone and I'm telling them, you know, what what's going on. And I'm, I remember, you know, yelling out, I'm the victim. I'm the victim because they got their guns and shit out or whatever. Because my car is smoking. Again, I don't know what type of damage, damage my car got because I'm, I'm inside the car. So I remember my car smoking. I remember smelling antifreeze. I remember smelling transmission fluid. I remember smelling all types of shit. And so I remember telling them that I'm the victim. I'm the victim. I'm the victim. I got 911 on the phone. And I remember that uh, she was saying, are they there? Are, are police on the scene? I said, yes, I think it's PG. So PG walked up on the car and I rolled the window down. And they was like, what's going on? And I like gave the phone, you know, put the phone to the window. And she was like, yes, this is such and such and such. This is the victim. He's he His car was shot at, this, that, and the third, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I remember one of the dudes on the passenger side, like, get the fuck out the car. I was like, get the fuck out the car. I'm the victim. And I remember her saying, he's the victim. He's the victim. And like, you know, telling the niggas to be easy because they was amp. They was amp like shit. So I remember um, one of the park police officers finally pulled up and, you know, they kind of rapped and took control or whatever. So I remember PG leaving, and then the park police pulled up. So I remember white guy was like, you know, can you step out? So I stepped out. I started explaining to him what was going on while I was still on the phone with the operator. And the operator was like, yes, I've been on the phone. He called, da 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 da, da. And um, I was explaining to him what was going on, you know, whatever, whatever. He was like, turn your car off. So I turned the car off or whatever. We on Sulin Parkway. And again, it's like one thirty one. It's like one thirty in the morning. And so he, he asked me to explain to him what happened. I explained to him everything. I was like, I got on Sulin Parkway. I got behind this car. They was pushing their brakes. You know, I felt like they was bullshitting. So I went around them. As I went around them and, you know, um, got speed, they pulled up on me, you know, tried to get in my lane a couple times. I fully stopped, you know, then young nigga got out and showed me the gun, started shooting at me. I mean, I went through the whole shit. So the officer was like, oh, okay. He was like, so it should be some shells out here or whatever. I said, what the fuck, you think I'm lying? So he was like, no, nah, I'm just saying, you know, it should be some shells out here. So I remember we walking Sulin Parkway. We walking Sulin Parkway. Like, he got his flashlight off. I'm just kind of walking behind him. And I remember him, like, putting his arm out, stopping me because he saw a shell. He was like, stop. I was like, see, I told you. He was like, all right. So he called back up or whatever. And I remember it was like all these motherfucking police. And uh, it was a sergeant, black dude. I never forget this black dude. He came, and so they we 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 went through the whole preliminary shit. <clears throat> we went through the whole preliminary shit about what happened or whatever. And I remember um, the sergeant was like, oh, "Look, if there's anything in your car that you need right now, <clears throat> I need you to grab it." I was like, all right. <clears throat> and so I grabbed everything that I thought I needed out the car. And mind you, you know, if you know me, <laughs> you know I grabbed everything that I needed. Everything that I that I that I didn't even use. And so I remember taking a ride with him and I'm nervous because I I took everything out of my car. And um we riding back to the uh to the uh pop police station down um down Anacostia. 
and he, he 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 talking to me, you know, he asking me questions and I'm trying to, you know, keep my story straight or whatever. And he, I remember him telling me, he was like, man, you real fortunate, man. He said, because people who been involved with situations like this don't normally, don't normally make it. <clears throat> and so he was asking me shit like, did I know the person? You know, did I, could I identify the person? I'm like, man, it's one o'clock in the morning. It's dark. I can't identify this motherfucker. He a young nigga, skinny, long head, big ass gun. That's all I remember. And so, you know, he, he tried to like talk to me a little bit and, you know, like kind of clear the air or whatever. Just to see if I was going to change my story. And I didn't. But I just remember being, I just remember being nervous as hell because, you know, I, I like I said, I, I took everything out of my car. And so, um, I remember him kind of telling me what, what the next steps was and kind of what I was going to have to do. You know, the, the detectives was going to have to come in and interview me and all that good stuff. Um, and he was just basically saying that, you know, my reaction to what happened was, 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 was on point. He was like, he said, the way you reacted helped you because I literally could literally see my, my life flashing in front of me off of every shot that I heard off of every ricochet, every hit of the motherfucking bullet to the car. I mean, because by the time they tracked Suleiman Parkway for like the next maybe 15, 20 minutes. I mean, they counted nine shells that they found, you know, out, you know, on Suleiman Parkway. They found they found nine shells at right after the shooting. And so I remember going to the police station. Um, I called my brother, told him what happened. Um, he came down to the police station and met me. I remember when he pulled up. The first thing I told him, I was like, where your key at? He was like, right here. I said, let me see your key so I can go to the car. So, of course, everything that I had took out of my car, <laughs> I'm sitting in the fucking police station with. And, I mean, of course, I'm the victim. So, they got me sitting in the lobby, you know, while they trying to, you know, get everything together. So, when my brother pulled up, I go and um, put everything in the car and shit that I took out of the, out of my car. And so I remember um, interviewing with the detectives. It was early. Like, I was there for a long time, y'all. I mean, I had, I, had, I had to go to work. It was a Friday night. I had to go to work that Saturday morning. I had to call out. So I had um, texted my supervisor, told him that I wasn't going to make it, and kind of told him, you know, what, what kind of what happened. And then I um, uh, texted and called my coworker and was like, look, hey, Greg, I, um, I, I, I got something going on. I ain't going to make it tomorrow. Can you make my run to um, Eastern Shore? He was like, you ain't going to make it. I was like, nah, I got some real personal shit going on. Can you make it for me? He was like, all right. He said, your truck already loaded? I said, truck already loaded. Gas already, um, truck already gassed up. I just need you to drop it off and come back. And it was only one stop, so it was cool. Um, so he, he did it for me or whatever. And I remember... You know, going through the investigation, you know, police asked me, I mean, the investigators, the detectives asked me as many questions as they could, you know, whatever. And I'll never forget they gave me their business cards. They was like, you know, we'll be in touch. I was like, all right, bet. So he was like, you know, we got to tow your car 
from the scene. You know, we got to go through ballistics. We got to do all this shit. So I remember, and it was, it was, it, I ain't going to say it was the winter time, but it was cold. It was, it was, it was chilly when it happened. And, um, I remember going back out to the scene that morning. And I remember from the time the shooting happened to the time I went back out there, Sulem Parkway was shut down from, from Richie Road all the way down to like, um, Sulem Road Station. That shit was blocked off. And so I remember we went back out there. The detectives was asking me questions again. Same shit. You know, back and forth, back and forth. And I remember us walking the scene and remember finding like three or four more shells. And they was like, damn. This motherfucker was really shooting at you. I was like, yeah, I told y'all this shit. So I remember finding three more shells. And so I remember um, the detective told me that they found... 11 shells in total. But I remember specifically that the nigga shot at me at least 14 times. And I don't even know, remember how I remember that number 14. But that was how many times I thought that he shot at me. And I remember um, they took the car. They towed the car. I remember I took a, a picture on uh, Facebook. I was standing in front of um Not I took the picture. Who was with me? My brother. I think my brother took the picture. And I remember my brother took the picture and I was at the police car talking to the detective and it was a picture of me and a police detective that I was talking to in Sulem Parkway. And my car was like 15 feet down and you could see my car, me and the police car that I was, to the detective I was talking to. And so I posted it and I said something and everybody was like, you good, you all right? And I was just like, yeah, I'm all right. But I never really got into what happened. So um, I remember going home. Well, not going home, but I remember going out with my brother. He took me out to uh, brunch or whatever. And we ate and they asked me, um, you know, what was going on, what happened. I remember I got home. I remember my mother was like, she was a wreck. Like, you know how when mothers ain't had sleep and you can tell on their face they've been up all night. Because I remember eventually after everything was kind of calmed down, I called her and told her what happened. And she was like asking me what happened. Of course, you know, first instinct is like, what you do? I was like, I ain't do shit. I didn't do nothing. And so it was a little weird, you know, that this happened to me. And it was like, you know, here it is. I'm trying to go around this dude. I've been asleep all night. I've been all work early. I'm trying to go make some money with, with Uber and shit. And this happened. And I remember going to the police station and, you know, waiting to talk to the detectives and all that. And, um, just, you know, just remember going through all of the bullshit, all of the, the bullshit, the preliminary bullshit. And I remember, you know, um, leaving, they gave me their number. They was like, they got to tow my vehicle for ballistics and all that. And I remember, um, the detective called me. He was like, man, we found seven shells in your engine area and two that went through your passenger seat in your car. So nine bullets penetrated my vehicle. So seven hit the front of my vehicle and two penetrated the passenger side of my vehicle. And I'm assuming that two of them might have hit when I was trying to turn around to get away from this motherfucker. 
and he said one hit the back um, near the um, near the bumper. And so I remember him telling me that and him kind of like really like starting to like, damn, somebody really shot at this dude because he kept asking me, I mean, you got any enemies? You got this, that, and the third. I was like, nah, I, don't, nah, I ain't got no motherfucking enemies, dog. I mean, for real, like I'm, I go to work, I come home. That's it. I got a little daughter now. I don't do shit. And so I remember, you know, talking to a few family members, you know, my brother, my mother, um, my sister. Um, and I remember my sister came and picked me up. I was home and um, she was like, man, I got to get you out of the house. I was like, man, I don't even want to go nowhere. So I remember we went to, um, I remember when she came to get me, to take me home, two detectives came to my house. And they showed me all these pictures and was like, look, can you identify the person who you think might have shot at you? And so in my mind, they already had like a suspect in mind because they said that this had already happened like two or three times prior to me. I was like, what? They was like, yeah, you know, this had already happened two or three times prior to you. And I was like, but why the fuck don't, you know, at, at that moment, y'all was trying to ask me questions like, was I beefing with somebody or was I doing some shit? And he was like, listen, I mean, you know, we, you know, we just trying to do our job. I was like, man, that's bullshit. So he was like, yeah, we, you know, this has already happened two or three times prior to you. And we just trying to narrow down who we think it probably is. So they showed me a couple pictures and I gave them the picture that I thought could have been the nigga who did it or whatever. And so I remember me and my sister left after that and we went to um, one of her friend's house. And I remember they was in the Marlboro house right off Sulem Parkway. And so I remember we went up there. Um, I was still kind of secluded by myself. When I went in there, I spoke to everybody or whatever, sat down, got me a drink. And as everybody started talking, I remember one of the people was like, yeah, man, it was some wild shit last night, man. We heard like all these gunshots on Sulem Parkway. So my sister looked at me and I looked at her. And she was like, yeah, she was like, um... That was somebody shooting at my brother last night. And everybody looked at me. I was like, oh, shit, why she say that? And they was like, word? I was like, yeah, nigga shot at my car last night. She was, They was like, man, that shit woke us up, man. It was like a rack of shots, bop, 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 bop. And it just made me think, like, damn, like, how blessed am I for real? Like, they heard this shit. And so I remember, you know, um... You know, really not being able to drive down Sulem Parkway for like a minute. And Sulem Parkway is an artery from my house to go pick my daughter up from, from, from um, the little school she was going to at the time. And I remember I would avoid Sulem Parkway and go all the way down Silver Hill Road to connect to my daughter's school to get back and forth from my daughter's school. And mind you, Sulem Parkway was a artery from my house to her school. So it was like a, like a, maybe like a 10 minute ride versus having to go around Sulem Parkway and do all these turns and all that. Might add like an extra 15 minutes to my ride. And so I remember for like the last, for like the next maybe I'm going to say three or four months, maybe six months, I wouldn't drive down Sulem Parkway at all. Like, I wouldn't drive down Sulem Parkway at all. And I remember the um, prosecutor asked me to come to court 
uh, Bubba Marlboro and, you know, um, asked me to fill out a witness statement, fill out all this stuff. Um, and then long story short, the dude who I pointed out, they end up saying that it wasn't the dude. And they were saying that it might have been somebody else. And I remember they wanted me to come back to court and they wanted me to do all this shit. And, you know, just all this shit. And mind you, you know, this shit is fucking with me because, you know, I'm I'm old at this point. And when I say old, I'm like, you know, I'm going through my divorce. Um, I ain't in no street shit no more. I'm just going to work and coming home. So it, 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 it really woke me the fuck up. Like, what the fuck? And so I remember um, thinking to myself, like, what the fuck is really going on out here? And I remember this, this was kind of the process of me trying to start to um, look into getting a handgun. Like, literally, like, registering a handgun in the state of Maryland in my name. And I remember going through the process, you know, getting, um, you know, and, and, and um, I can't, I think, I can't think of the month, but I know the year was 2015 that Maryland issued this ordinance that, um, in order for you to be able to, um, obtain or purchase a new handgun with ammunition that was new, you had to get an HQL license, which was a handgun qualification license. And so I applied for the HQL. I applied for a Utah license to carry permit. Um, I attached it with um, a Maryland state um, um, license to carry in Maryland. And so I was on, um, I was on, um, Facebook earlier today and I remember a guy was like oh it's only 200 and I was like you know for me I don't go back and forth with people you know I don't go back and forth with people especially when I go through something and I know what I went through and I mean guess what it might be the price that he said for somebody else but I know for me in order for me to take this Utah class in order for me to get this HQL the Utah class I remember was like 200 and some change in order for me to get the HQL was an added $50. And I also had to take a fingerprint, had to do fingerprints and the fingerprints was like 50 or $60. So we talking about, you know what I'm saying? Close to 400, maybe 450 to, you know, get this class and do all this shit. And so I remember taking the class and listening to this NRA, um, certified lady talking about how you should carry your gun and how you should do all of this stuff and in certain situations, how you need to retreat to a safe place until these people come and confront you and then you can, you know, shoot at them. You can't shoot people in their back and all this old bullshit. I was like, all right, whatever. So I remember at the end of the day, you know, I ended up um, getting my Utah license to carry concealed. And so that, um, that, License actually um, has 34 or 35 states with statues and has reciprocity for me to carry my gun in 35 states. But one of those states are not Maryland, which is my home state, 
which I had my driver's license in and which I live. And so I've been fighting this for the last shit since this happened. And it's it's been at least four or five years since I've been fighting it. And a friend of mine recently, um, in the last maybe year or so, was like, look, Annapolis is getting ready to change this Maryland law, man. And the reciprocity for Maryland might be on here. And so one of the states that um, I can carry in is Virginia on my Utah license. And so I never gave my Utah license up. But I thought it was always strange that I could go to the gun store and I could buy a hunting rifle, you know, like an AR-15 or a 223 Bushmaster or a AR-10, which is considered hunting rifles. But I can buy a hunting rifle out of the gun store, Cash and Curry, but I can't buy a, you know, 45 handgun. And so I felt like, you know, that was some bullshit, but it is what it is. So I remember, you know, going to the gun store, figuring out what my options were, and um, I took care of, you know, some of the options. But I also remember, you know, getting something, you know, off the street to make sure I had, you know, for myself, you know, just just to make sure that I was going to be protected. Because, it, like I say, for a while, I couldn't even drive down Sweden Parkway at all. And I remember the first time I picked my daughter up from school, I was like, I didn't cry, but I was like so fucking nervous when I picked her up. I was driving slow. I was looking left to right. I mean, I was, you know, people tell you that, you know, PTSD is for people that are in the military. And that's bullshit. You know, PTSD is um, post-traumatic stress syndrome, which means that, you know, means that anything traumatic that happens to you, you relive that shit in your dreams or when you close your eyes. And I remember for the first couple weeks when that shit happened to me, I couldn't even go, I, I couldn't even fucking go to sleep. And, you know... You know, I'm not gonna say I'm one of the baddest motherfuckers that grew up in Southeast, but you know, I had my I had my time, I had my situations when I've been through certain shit, you know, and you know, some people will consider me a certain type of person, you know, in my neighborhood or whatever. But I remember when this happened, you know, I'm not twenty five. I'm not even thirty. I'm I'm over thirty. And I got this little one. And so my whole mindset and mental was totally different. And so for the first time in my life, I was really scared. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And so I'm thinking like, all right, is this one of these common moments when I did something back in the day and God trying to, you know, revisit this shit or, you know, whatever. So I remember, you know, just trying to get over the shit as best as I could. And so, you know, sometimes when people, you know, ask me, you know, why am I, you know, why am I a certain way or why am I so aggressive or why am I so this, that, and the third? I mean, it's because I've been through some real shit in my life. You know what I'm saying? I mean, anytime you can say that you lived through somebody shooting at your car 14 times and when the police do their investigation, they see that your car has been hit 11 times, you know, that's, you know, that's, 
that ain't nothing but God, man. That ain't nothing but a blessing. And so it was a lot of people who didn't even know that. I didn't even tell a lot of people that. Like I told, you know, like again, my brother, sister, mother, close family and friends, um, you know, a couple of my couple of my dudes in my circle, you know, I told Hood, I told T Man, I told Cool Papa. Um, and I think about I think that's about it. And so it's a lot of people that don't even know this story. I told Ron Black. So it's a lot of people that don't know this story, except for a few. You know what I'm saying? I might have told one or two females that I was really, 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 really cool with. And so, you know, there's a lot of people that don't know that about me. You know what I'm saying? That's like, you know, not a young dude, not like young K-Dog on 6th Street, but, you know, an older version of Kevin, you know, just trying to go do Uber. And here it is, I'm getting shot at all these times and it's just like so many things came to mind and it's like you know when people ask you know men black men you know why they are the way they are i mean we are the way we are is because you have no fucking idea of what we've been through and i'm one of them men that would tell you you have no idea what i've been through so you don't have the audacity to ask me why do I carry the way I carry? And I mean, even in relationships or dealing with females, you know what I'm saying? You know, you know, certain situations, a female just never going to understand what the fuck you've been through. Like, it's just not going to happen. And so when you explain some shit to them, you know, either they'll take it as a learning experience or finding out something new about you. Or they'll take it as, you know, something where they can judge you. And either way, you try to be open and honest with them either way. And so for me, you know, that was one of them situations where it really fucked me up. It really bothered me. It really touched me. It really had me to the point where I really got to rethink some shit and just try to figure out what the fuck is going on. Because I had done so much shit. In my life, you know what I'm saying? I had, you know, I had done so much shit up until that point. I had, you know, done shit that only me and God know about. I mean, it's shit that I've done and don't nobody in my family know about. I mean, it's shit that I've been involved with that I haven't told anybody. And I still don't even feel comfortable sharing some of that shit on this platform. But just know, if you know me, know me, that some of the stuff that I've explained or some of the stuff that I've told you I've been through, you can just imagine, you know, some of the shit that I've been through that I probably can't explain. So, I mean, you know, you know, not being able to have a license to carry, you know, has been a struggle for me in the state of Maryland. And it was funny that I saw an article today about Big G. And about, you know, him, you know, being having history of, um, you know, being caught with permit. I mean, being caught with um, handguns in, in D.C. without a permit. And he just recently was arrested because he was riding in his Jeep, with, you know, with a gun out the window. I'm like, come on, man. Don't know. Listen, if you've been born and raised in this motherfucker city. And if you've had dealings in the street 
in the in the city in this day and age. You know motherfucking well that you cannot ride around with a gun and pull that motherfucker out the window. Period. Point blank. It's too many camera phones and it's too many nosy motherfuckers out here. And you just can't do it. So his whole story that came out and when he was on IG and he said that he was out, I was happy to hear that he was out. But it's still something shaky with that story. And I mean, I just say that to say that, you know, it it, it just bothers me sometimes how, you know, people tend to form their own opinion about you when they have no idea what the fuck you've been doing. And, and, and why the fuck you do what you do. And I mean, I'm not going to sit here and get, you know, in, in, in too deep with some of the stuff that I've been through in my life. But when I say I've... I've I've seen, I've been through, been involved with some real shit in my life. That's real talk. Real talk. Just like real talk with the six man. I mean, it's 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 I done seen and done some real shit in my life. And, you know, this this to me, you know, towards the latter years of my life was like one of the realest situations I had ever been in because I was by myself. It was unexpected. And I had no idea that this motherfucker was going to do this. And I mean, mind you, you know, I, you know, mind you, you know, I was strapped. But it was no way I was about to reach to, 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 to do, to protect myself when this person is already out guns blazing fucking clip look like it hold 50 and I'm about to bend down and, and try to reach for my shit. Nah, I'm, I'm about to get the fuck out of Dodge. And that's what I did. And I remember, you know, when the police officer was like, try to grab everything you can out your car. And I did. And I remember sitting in the fucking, I just remember sitting in the park police Park Police Station down in Acosta, like, man, what the fuck is going on? And when my brother pulled up and I asked him for his key, it just, like, took a whole weight off my shoulder because I was like, I got to put all this shit in my brother's car. And so I remember um, just kind of reflecting, and I made a video. And um, I'm sorry, but I can't find the video, y'all. I was going to play um, a piece of the video so you can hear my voice and hear how I sound. Um, in the police station, but I I was trying to find a video, but I can't find it. If I can add it to this, um, I will. Um, but you know, you can hear in my voice that I was I was I was scared. I was fucked up. This shit fucked me up. And so I always try to you know be a little a little bit relatable for people when you know they say you know um, you know. You always say you've been through shit, but we don't ever hear none of it. And so this is one of them situations where this is something that I've been through. And I can't say that, you know, this is something that everybody's been through. And I wouldn't wish this on anybody. Like, my mother, my mother was a wreck. My mother was like, she looked at me, she was like, you good? I was like, I'm good. And all she could do was just look at me like, wow. And I mean, for a long time, of course, you know, I, I did a lot of shit in my, in, in my past and my history. And, of course, a lot of times when shit pop up, you automatically assume that, you know, it got something to do with your past. And I think, like, in this situation, it ain't had nothing to do with shit. 
it was just one of them wild ass moments with one of these wild ass youngins on some wild dumb ass shit. And that's just what it was. And so it was one of them situations that really fully woke me up because here it is, I'm a father of two now. I got a I got a an older daughter and I got this little baby girl that's here. And she, and both of them, you know, need me. And like I say, you know, when I seen them them when I seen the gun, when I seen the clip, I mean my only instinct was to get the fuck away from him. And I tried to do whatever I could to get the fuck away from him. And so I remember my Impala was all fucked up. The the um the um the park police had the joint. I had a rental um for a couple of days to go back and forth to work. And I remember going back to, to work. And I remember somebody in the office was like, "Oh, Kevin, I'm so sorry to hear what happened." I was like, "What the fuck you mean? What happened?" And she was just like, "I'm just I'm just sorry what happened." So I remember going to my supervisor's office, closing closing his door, and I was like, "Man." You know, you you running your motherfucking mouth about what happened to me. He was like, oh, nah, you know, when you called me, I was like, listen, man, that was for me to tell you why the fuck I couldn't come to work. That wasn't for you to run your motherfucking mouth to other people to come there about what the fuck happened to me. Because now everybody looking at me funny. Everybody looking at me like, oh, this old thug ass nigga. And that's not me. That wasn't me at the time. You know what I'm saying? I was just a regular dude trying to work, trying to get his money, and this shit just happened to me. And now everybody in the company looking at me all funny and shit because you want to run your punk-ass mouth and want to make me like the star of where I was working. And I ain't like that shit at all. I mean, that shit put a bad taste in my mouth between myself and my supervisor for a long time. But I eventually got over it. And so my only thing is that, you know, people always say, you know, you know, I, you know, they don't understand why I am the way I am sometimes. And this is one of the reasons why I am the way I am sometimes. Because I, I have had some shit happen to me in my day. I mean, it's it, it, it's one of them situations where I want to do like a, um, a few episodes about the green door on 6th Street. And I'm gonna try to get with a couple, try to get with a couple of the homies to maybe collaborate and, and share a couple stories about the green door. Cause everybody who know me and know my brother, Ty, and know L and know Mark and know Jason and know, you know, Big John. And know, you know, everybody who grew up in that house know what it was with the green door. It's no need for me to get into no stories or no no infomercials about that. Because if you knew us and you knew the green door, you knew what it was. I remember remember the blizzard of 96. Motherfuckers was walking from Oxen Hill Village to come and get weed from me. Walking. And I remember, you know, I was getting it, I was getting, I was getting blessed. And I remember these youngers came from Oxen Hill Village to the, to the crib. And I remember they put all their money together and I, and I blessed them. And I blessed them even more with a certain amount for them to roll up while they was walking back to their crib in the snow. Blizzard of 96. I remember me and my man Jason went 
walk down Eastover and got these motherfucking, these motherfucking claws, these little chains to go in the motherfucking station wagon. I mean, I had a gray 79 Capri station wagon, tinted windows. And we went and got these motherfucking claws, these chains to go in the station wagon. We went to Rivertown and we bought all types of motherfucking food. Slim, I mean, everybody that was in the house put up like $25, $30. And so when we got to the grocery store, man, the motherfucking bill was like four, $500. So we had steaks, we had burgers. We had chips. We, I mean, we had everything. We had liquor. I mean, nigga, Blizzard 96 was like one of the best, one of the best years of my life, Slim. Like, real talk. I mean, we, we, we got a lot of memories in that green door, man. And I know I did, I shared a, um, an episode with my man, Big John, recently um, about some of the stuff that happened in the green door. Um, and only a few people heard it. And a few people who did hear me text me, it was like, man, y'all wild as shit. But I feel like at the end of the day, if I'm going to be on this platform, I might as well start opening up and being a little bit more transparent about myself and what I've been through. And I'm like, why not? So, um, you know, this was an opportunity for me to be a little bit more transparent, you know, open up and, you know, give you, you know, a little bit of a scope of what I've been through. And I mean, that's just a rare scope. Um, because I'm still delegating on some of the stuff that I want to talk about in my past. I mean, because it's like I say again, it's only some shit that, you know, myself and God know about that I've been through. But I think this is one of them opportunities where I can, you know, share, you know, something that I've been through that I make you think about. Because, I mean, there's no way you can tell me that you would be able to know how to react if somebody was on the highway beside you and because you drove past them or whatever the fuck case may be. They just stopped in front of you and pulled a gun out and just start shooting at you. I don't know too many people that can tell me that that that, that shit happened to them. But it happened to me. And it fucked me up. It fucked me up for a while. So, so, you know, this is one of them situations where I, you know, I wanted to come forward and, you know, let you guys know what was going on. And, you know, one of them instances where I feel like, you know, when I see you know, the violence in D.C. I mean, just this morning, seven people were shot off of uh, South Capitol Street in MLK by the 7-Eleven. Um, and, you know, you know that, that, that's, that's where I grew up. That's, that's, that's what I know. And it's not all I know, but, you know, it's my background. It's my forefront of my mind. When I go out, you know, I always got that protective mode on because I always want to make sure I'm going to make it home. And so when people ask me why I am the way I am or why I do what I do, that's why. Because this is where the fuck I'm from. You know, even though I went to Roosevelt for two years uptown, I had hella fun up there. Hella fun up Rose. But I've always been a Southeast nigga, man. Always. And I'll never forget one time I brought a couple of the Northwest homies um, to my side and we had a party. And them niggas was like, yeah, we had fun like shit. Let the niggas spend the night. Niggas hollering at chicks, got their numbers. I mean, it was just it was just fun times, you know what I'm saying? But to go through all of that and to be a grown man and for this to happen to me, I mean, it really, it really, it really made me look at life a whole lot different and it really made me change my mindset. And so I think at this point, you know, with a lot of shit that's going on out here, the main thing is changing the mindset. And that's where I'm at now. And I think that's kind of, one of the reasons why I, I, I'm i on this platform that I'm on now, just to let people know, you know, what the fuck is really good out here. And I mean, even though, you know, I've been reading this book, 
Slug, um, about Tony Lewis Jr. and his dad. It's a great book. Great book. I mean, it illustrates a lot of shit that happened in the early 80s with the with the drug trade and a lot of people that we knew when we were young and then when we came of age, we did the same shit. Selling drugs. <coughs> I mean, we, we, I mean, it was like, what was you going to do? Get a job. I mean, I remember, man, we, I mean, me and my brother, man, we had a house on 6th Street. My mother had moved out to uh, move in with her now husband. And it was just myself, my brother, and my grandmother. And my grandmother had worked for the post office for like 30 plus years, retired. And it was like, you know, we did what we had to do. You know what I'm saying? And we, 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 <laughs> we made money. We smoked weed. We had cars. We had women. I mean, we, we did it all, man. We, I mean, it's nothing really. You know, a, a grown-ass man can talk to me about that I don't have no experience on. I mean, I, I, I've, I've experienced a lot. And I think from this point on, I'm going to start sharing a little bit more of my experiences so people can know where the fuck I'm coming from. And so I think, you know, just this is just a first installment of trying to give you guys a glimpse of what I've been through and just giving you guys an idea of my mindset then. And my mindset, and my mindset now, and so again, you know, I would always just say that I don't, I don't condone violence, never have, but I've always been one that's gonna protect myself and my family, always. I've always been that. I mean, I remember times when, you know, my brother had issues or whatever, and I had a homie named Tree, and my homies from. 103 Oxen Hill Village, man. I had an issue. I would text my man Tree, be like, hey, Slim, I got an issue, my brother, man. Woo, woo, woo. I remember, man, Tree them pulled up one day, six, seven cars deep, and got out the car, gave me the hammer, and was like, what's up? You good? I was like, yeah, man, let me go holler at this nigga. What's up, man? So, you know, that's the type of shit that, that type of shit that we did back in the day. You know what I'm saying? We talking about, you know, 1995. You know what I'm saying? When I had my first daughter, my oldest daughter, 24, man. So I've been at this for a long time. I ain't no young man with none of this shit I'm talking about at all. And so I figure I'd just, you know, get on here uh, intimately and, and, and explain and discuss some of the shit that I've been through. Just so you guys would know, you know, some of the insight on why I am the way I am. You know what I'm saying? I remember at times when... Homies would go out. They wouldn't even call me. They'd be like, man, we ain't calling that nigga. That nigga gonna come on me. He gonna be wanting to fight and shoot a nigga and all this. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just glad I went through what I went through. And I grew up. And that, uh, you know, it made me a better man. You know, even my divorce, you know, made me a better man. I mean, it was a rough time. But it made me a better man. And I am a better man and a better father, and a better um, co-parent to my ex-wife with my child than I think I probably would have ever been if if the results were different. So I just want to come on here and, you know, six-man style, tell y'all what the fuck was going on and, um, you know, give you some insight on what the fuck was going on with me. So I hope 
Um, I can further do this a little bit more, share a few more insights in my life, and also, you know, introduce myself to a few more people and, you know, ask a few more people about some of the stuff that they've been through. And again, you know, I want to go through, you know, the 13th Amendment. I want to talk about, you know, H.R. 40. Um, I want to talk about, um, you know, um, Nixon and the Southern Strategies. Um, talk a little bit about Reagan and the war on drugs, which was some bullshit. Um, you know, just 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 talk about, you know, just talk about a lot of stuff that I think need to be heard. And so we can kind of figure out what the fuck is going on with D.C. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, it was some real insight in my life. And um, I'm going to definitely pick a time and um, pick another opportunity to do this again. Just so you can get a little bit more about myself. Um, and, uh, you know, just give you some insight on me so i hope you enjoyed it i hope it uh hope it uh hope it gave you some insight on maybe why i am the way i am and uh hope you don't fault me too much about how i may operate or how i get down or why i do what i do you know what i'm saying it's a six man i appreciate y'all I appreciate all the support. I appreciate all the comments when I go on live. I appreciate everything. I appreciate all the energy that y'all give me, man. You know, um, if you want to hear more about me, you can come here on Anchor, which would be uh, anchor.fm uh, slash the six man. You can hit me up on Facebook at uh, Real Talk with the six man. I'm also on um, IG. At Real Talk Six Man, and I'm also on YouTube at Real Talk with the Six Man. I appreciate y'all, and again, be better than you were yesterday, man. Six Man, I'm out. Be easy. So, I'm at the police station now, down at Anacostia, at the um, Park Police Station. Um, the um, Supervisor commanding officer said that the detectives are on their way to come and talk to me. Um, my car still on Sutton Parkway. He said that uh, they're going to tow the vehicle and do an investigation and a diagnostic on it to see if there's any bullet holes in the car. Um, I mean, to see if there's any bullets in the car. Um, I also asked him to see um, if he can let me know where they're taking the car so that way I can get it towed properly to wherever, wherever I'm going to get it fixed. Um, through the insurance company. So he said he'll have a, um, a case number and a police report to give the insurance company um, so that they can have all that information. So it's about uh, 3.23 in the morning. And uh, I, I got to work tomorrow. So, yeah, it's, it's been a rough night, but I feel like at the same time I'm blessed because um, I saw the gun, man. I mean, the nigga stopped. Pulled out this gun, man. The clip was extended. I mean, as I was backing up, he bucked at me like three times. And as I turned around, bang, hit the guardrail to turn around to go back in the opposite direction. The nigga banged like four or five more jumps at me again. I was like, man, these youngers, man, it's crazy, man. Shit is real out here. I'm, I'm, I'm so ready to just be done, man. Shit is real.
Hey. Nah, I'm good right now. He told me that uh, the detectives was on their way to talk to me or whatever, so I'm just, I'm just waiting. <clears throat> yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm about to, uh, I'm about to pray real quick. Um, because I just felt like, man, I just saw my life flash in front of me, man. And, and, and to be honest, um, even as I was turning around, man, I thought about both of my kids, man. I mean, I thought about Gianna and Shakira. Like, damn, like, this is, this shit real out here, man. We definitely got to be on some, on some, <clears throat> like, we got to be, like, thanking God every day, man. Because, I mean, ain't no guarantee for us, man. <clears throat> Ain't no guarantee for us out here at all And it's just like <clears throat> I thought about my kids <clears throat> And the police officer just told me just now He was like man you reacted in a way where You 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 you, you think don't you was on your feet and, and he said because I ain't gonna lie Stuff like this get tragic Where people get caught up and see something And get so stuck and you know But I was not I wasn't. I was determined that tonight wasn't my night, <clears throat> and I know God was with me all the way. So, so I'm about to pray real quick, and um, I, I get with all y'all when I get a chance.